0: You're listening to episode 68 of the comics pals we're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives
1: you know last night in seoul i could not help but notice that there were a lot of countries missing like wakanda vatican city Sanagar, Themyscira, Latveria, and no one is talking about the comics pals not marching there under their own banner to compete in this year's Olympics. Do you mean Pyeongchang? Uh, was it not in Seoul? Whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wah, wah. And, and also, And also the sovereign nation of Vatican City.
3: That's right, my man. <laughs> yeah, I like... <laughs> Like how that got that got, you know, listed there along such illustrious countries as Wakanda.
1: Well listen, listen, Monaco was there, if Monaco can be there and Liechtenstein can be there, and then Vatican City can be there. Okay. Well, well, where were the comics pals? That's the question i and the media are asking. <laughs> listen. We're banned.
2: Listen. Between the five of us, which one of us do you think could ski down a slope?
3: I don't think I don't think any of us could successfully, no, successfully, successfully any Olympic me. event. Not Marco even Marco's
2: rich, he can ski. I, you know that joke didn't fly. I take it. What about
1: the comics
0: pals curling team? (laughs) Oh, that'd be cool. Wait, what about wrestling? Isn't wrestling one of the sports? Summer Olympics, not not the Winter winter Olympics. Yeah, Yeah, Phil and I can get that in. But it's like
1: real wrestling
2: in in the Winter Olympics.
1: You let's start training for twenty (laughs) twenty? All right, let's
0: do it, man. We can do this.
1: So Greco Roman style mat wrestling.
0: That's right.
3: Wait, is uh. Is chess in the Olympics? I don't know. <laughs> it might be. If it is, I could lose at that. I don't. I can't take home the gold, but I could compete.
1: <laughs> <laughs> last, last night, um, the Irish team came out, and it was being led by a dude who was a second-generation Irish guy from San Francisco named Seamus O'Connor. And my dad's like, if that's all it takes, I'll, I'll go compete in badminton and win. And I said, oh, I like how you have yourself winning, too.
2: <laughs> Badminton's easy. Have you ever played? It's not hard.
1: Yeah, but these are people who uh, do, like they eat and breathe uh, um, shuttlecock. Shuttle badminton? Co- <laughs> they eat and breathe shuttlecock.
0: <laughs> okay. Last week we tried a new initiative. Well, we tried it again for our YouTube listeners, or I guess now viewers. uh We're live. We're we're on YouTube. You guys can see us. We're sorry. I- <laughs> I'm not. Uh that well, this sorry. New thing that we're doing. Uh hopefully our faces, our mugs are not too offensive. Uh let's introduce ourselves so that the people know who what face to associate with the voice. Uh so I'm Sean, obviously, the black one.
3: <laughs> have fun, audio listeners. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm Sean it up for the audio the black listeners.
3: one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm I'm Pete. I have the funny hair.
4: <laughs> Can anyone guess who Marco is?
3: Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> uh, for you audio listeners, um, Marco pulled out his anime wife pillow.
4: His ne- my neko cat.
3: It's a cat.
1: For you listeners at home, Marco pulled out his weeb shit. You fucking furry!
2: <laughs> I'm Kale. I'm the one that needs a haircut. Yes, yeah, as we're doing video, I'm gonna need to get back
1: on brand here. <laughs> yeah, man. And that leaves me Phil on the hot one. Mm,
4: messy hair and everything, yeah. No, the, self-pro- no, it's
3: the gym gym self-proclaimed hot one.
4: No, is the it's the it's the gym look from the office. I get it. I see it. I want it.
3: Oh, I thought you meant oh. like
2: like the workout gym. <laughs> oh. And I was like, no, this is not right.
3: <laughs> so you'd, need, you'd need to shave his freaking hobo beard to pull off that look. That's not a hobo beard. When Phil's got his clean cut look, maybe. But right now, he's no gym.
0: Hobo beard, didn't you have a beard like bigger than that in, like <laughs> last week? Yeah, dude, I got a beard. I totally I got a beard did. bigger than that right now.
3: Yeah, it was it was like a mountain man ass beard, but I shaved it's it. It's patchy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, so beard uh, beard's fine. I hope that satisfies all you fucking people watching. <laughs> Wait, you hope what satisfies them?
2: All this great video content.
0: Uh... Yep, nothing more riveting than three white guys, a black, and a Hispanic, all you alive and in living color. black. Absolutely, I did. <laughs> Uh <laughs> So the, the three the yeah, three white guys just went. <laughs>
5: just if you want to go back and you see three
3: white guys buttholes immediately clench. Just rewind about thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so, uh, there are a lot of ways you guys can find us, uh, iTunes or Apple podcast services. I believe it's called, uh, being one of them. We are still a five star rated podcast on there. Uh, maybe I haven't checked in a while. It's a meme, but it doesn't matter. Uh, keep it going. Uh, also we're on SoundCloud where you guys are treating us very well. So keep that up. Really appreciate it. Uh, you can write to us at the at gmail.com. We'll read your random questions, your buyer or sells, or whatever you know, tributes you want to send our way, we'll you know share them on the air. Uh, we are at the comics pals wherever your social media is sold. And last but absolutely not least, we are on YouTube where you can like this video, share it with your friends to let them know we're out here, and subscribe to our channel for more content like this, more riveting. Fantastic content just like this. Uh, We just released our book club for Black Panther, uh, as promised. So go check that out if you are excited for the film and want to know more about the exploits of the Wakandan king in the comic book world. And uh, what else? Do I have any more announcements? Yes, I do. Actually, I do. I'm very happy and excited to announce That this upcoming week, you, yes, you, will be able to, yeah, you, on YouTube, we will have a brand new piece of video content out. It's a list. Yeah, yeah, we're back. Uh, Some YouTube exclusive stuff. Last time we did Behind the Books, History of the Defenders. (laughs) This time, I (laughs) I know, right? Uh, This time we're going to be doing a list uh, in the spirit of valentine's day i guess and love and all that crap uh we did a video about the top five couples in comics so check that out follow along with the list see if you yourself can guess all five couples and uh let us know what you think (laughs) guess what you can listeners
1: and viewers sean doesn't know this but we made sure that gene gray and scott summers were left off
3: i uh (laughs) We had to
2: get real diversity in there. Um, We basically, I mean, other than the two aliens, we basically have uh,
0: four white couples, four white straight couples, may I add.
3: Do you want to blame us or comic books?
0: This is my unamused face. Phil, you go to hell. You go to hell and you stay there. I'm already living there, baby. (laughs) Never come back. I made up camp here. All right. Well, so let's jump into the actual show. Uh, by starting with a question that I have for you guys.
3: Oh, so uh, does that mean it's time for a little segment called THE RANDOM QUESTION OF THE
0: Week? (sighs) Yeah, that that old thing. (laughs) That that, that little Uh, chestnut. So, a little later, we're going to talk about the trailer for the audio drama podcast called Wolverine, The Long Night. So my question for you guys is which comic book character would you like an audio drama podcast made about? The Spirit. Oh. And you have to pitch it. Good one. You have to pitch it.
2: I would say, oh, shit. Alright.
0: Well,
1: okay. okay. The pitch The pitch is a 1940s style uh, crime noir story centered around the Spirit.
2: I, uh, in a similar fashion, I would do one about the question. But mm. uh, but I would center it around Renee Montoya uh, in the 40s. I would set it in the 40s. Um, and she figures out Vic Sage's identity and gradually becomes the question uh, and takes over the identity. And Mark Evan Jackson would play the question.
1: Interesting. Pete's going to choose Rorschach, another character who wears a fedora and a trench
3: coat. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick Raphael from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because he also wears a fedora.
1: I'd listen to that podcast I choose our listening base because they all wear
3: fedoras Wow, <laughs> throwing shade like that I'm just
1: Mr. kidding, man. Not, I'm just kidding.
0: Not, not according to what I know about our listeners I make jokes oh I get it because
2: um, our, our listeners are fuckboys I see
3: wow dude don't just I don't you talk that. shit about the listeners like I,
2: that I'm just explaining the
3: joke <laughs> Yeah, you can, you can, listeners can throw shade on me I don't give a fuck we, we do it all the time um, That's right. So to, to answer your question, uh, I, I think I want to go with like a little bit of an outside baseball answer. I want them to bring back Marvel Noir, but do it as as audio podcasts.
0: Marvel Noir
3: Noir No
0: Noir 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 Noir, Man. <laughs>
3: Noir. You get what I'm saying. Oh, oh, I like
2: I like that you said that was an an out of. Uh, out of bounds out
0: of baseball he said out of
2: baseball out
0: of baseball out of baseball answer i'm in
3: a good place <laughs> yeah it today. is you're right i'm in right. a good place today you guys <laughs> except
2: except that that's exactly except that that's exactly what Phil and I pitched
1: yeah more baseball
3: puns well i'm sorry i just wanted to pick something that was like a little you know it's like the same because you know out of baseball yeah out of baseball all right you know what whatever fuck you guys i'm done <laughs> yeah This should be a little more Very okay <laughs>
4: So, I, <laughs> hey, hey, careful. We have video now.
3: Yeah, good. That one so, plays for the video <laughs> listeners. I flipped Phil off because I hate it. <laughs> uh,
4: so, I would do uh, an Adam Strange series. Oh, I was going to say, I hope someone does a, a space Just exploring space and, and just like uh, intergalactic politics and just kind of cool stuff like that. Or just adventuring. Everyone's
1: got great answers. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I was going to do Swamp Thing.
3: Oh my fucking god!
5: Cancel it now.
0: Can we get Ron Perlman to voice Swamp Thing? Because then I'm in. Oh, I, I, I would love to hear a podcast that was hosted by members of the Daily Bugle that was about Spider Man. Oh, that's
3: awesome! That's a great idea. Oh,
0: so like Ben Yurick and the reporters at the Bugle doing a doing a podcast about. Spider-Man's exploits and what's going on and what he's doing and what they think about it and, and stuff like that.
1: It's very topical because so many newspapers are doing podcasts now, like the New York Times, and the Daily, yeah. and you could easily make it an almost like Welcome to Night Vale thing where it's like about living in It'd be like NPR
2: more than that. Marvel
1: 616 New York City.
2: It's it's Ben Yurick hosting the, the podcast, but barely holding J. Jonah Jameson back
5: from, like, screaming <laughs> on the
1: microphone. So it looks like going down uh, Times Square, the Moon Knight, once again took out the Crimson Dynamo.
0: Yeah, I just, I think it'd be fun, because it would be, it would, you know, play it being, like, it's meta. Yeah. Know, I, I just think it'd be interesting.
3: Yeah, and, like, they, they tried to do, like, um, a TV show like that on one of the network channels that was, like, about, um, I think it was about like, Wayne Tech. Like, just, you know, oh, it's just like an office comedy set in the DC universe. And I think that's a really oh, good no. idea. It just didn't come together. And, like, a podcast would obviously be Yeah, you're,
2: you're, the, you're thinking of Powerless. Yeah, Powerless, right? that
3: was it. Yeah, it had uh, Danny, uh, Danny.
2: It was like an insurance company.
0: Uh, So, if you want to send in your answer or a random question, you can do so in all the aforementioned ways, including writing to us at pals at gmail.com. I'd be interested in any one of those, so... Uh, Hopefully somebody's listening with power that can pay us money to produce these uh, and maybe vocally star in them, but we'll find out more about that a little bit later. Uh, So let's jump into the palace polls. Uh, This week, Kale chose secret love of geek trade paperback. So this is,
2: this is the uh, anthology I've been talking about for a couple of weeks now that uh, uh, comics extraordinaire letty wilson is in it's uh uh put out by dark horse it's uh put together by uh, hope nicholson who's put together uh, uh uh several anthologies like this um very excited about it very excited to uh see letty get a, a shot a shot with the big boys you know yeah, um she cool. she deserves it big time so yeah uh very excited to go pick this up
1: i hope she hits it out of the baseball she, uh, like,
2: her uh yeah her her art i've seen her art for this and it's it's incredible
0: cool i i really wish her well uh she's obviously been really good to us here at the show she did all the you know heads all the head art that we've got uh she made so. me an owl man well,
4: that's right yeah it was cool for your your D character right
0: yeah best maybe. of luck letty uh so for marco we've got archie number 28
4: Yep. So uh this is continuing the uh the series um or just like the the most current arc and it's been a lot of fun. This is the aftermath of um like a racing event that happened in uh within Riverdale and so I'm looking forward to see where the story sort of resolves and there's a lot of recent romantic tension uh that's been going on so looking forward to it
3: romance and Archie you don't say
2: yeah
4: right do
3: they probably fuck in this issue uh no okay
2: buddy have we got a TV show for you
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm out
0: (laughs) uh so
3: Phil hates romance
0: uh Kale and Pete both chose invincible 144
3: Yep. uh this is it man this is the last one um and I uh, I obviously have a lot of feelings about that. Invincible's been my favorite comic for a number of years. Uh, Ryan Otley's my favorite artist in the business. And um, it's bittersweet. I'm really sad to see the book go. I'm glad that uh, both Kirkman and Otley are getting to end the book together um, at a time that they both feel is appropriate for the end of the book. As opposed to, you know, um, Kirkman's plan was always kind of to... Uh, hand the reins over to somebody eventually and like see Invincible go on beyond him. And I'm glad that they ultimately decided against that. Um, was Dan Slott too busy? Yeah, Dan, Dan Slott was too busy <laughs> ruining Spider-Man. Um, so I'm sad to see it go, but I'm, I'm thankful that it ever was, you know? So uh I guess there's never been a better time to jump on Invincible because now you can just read the whole thing. Um, so you know, probably the last time I'll ever get the chance to plug Invincible here, I guess, unless they do, you know, the final prints for the trade paperbacks and all that stuff. But uh please, please go give it a shot. I love the book. Uh it's meant a lot to me over the years and I'm sure you'll enjoy it too, if you're a fan of superheroes.
0: I'm probably gonna do what I always do and buy the finale and read it completely out of context. Please don't do that. I always do that. Really? I don't wow. know why. Yeah, I I always do that. I read the finale of Ex Machina way before what? I was actually there. Um, that's such a, that's such a weird thing to do. Re- I watched the finale of Lost when I was what? on, like, season one. I do that all the all time. All right,
3: weirdo. Well, fine. If you do that, can you at least promise me you'll actually read it afterwards?
0: Uh, if it's good, I always get hyped up after doing that. It always motivates me to go back and see what came before.
3: Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I don't know. I really want to do something... For the end of the series, like, I think I might do, like, a review, like, by myself or something for us. But it would be cool to be able to do, like, something.
0: Awesome. And then you also chose Kick-Ass number one.
3: Yeah. So we talked about this on the show a while back. Um, the, you know, original creative teams back together. They're doing a new story set in the Kick-Ass universe with a new um, character taking up the mantle. It's a single black mother. So obviously a lot different than than Dave was. Yeah. Um, so I am not sold on this idea, but I was a big fan of the original arc of Kickass. I not so much for two and three. Um, I definitely feel like that series had some diminishing returns. So I'm willing to give this number one a shot and see if it grabs me. Um, but you know I'm not exactly like hype for it. So we'll see.
0: Uh, Tessa Thompson actually responded to Mark Millar saying he wanted her to play that character on screen. Oh, really? and said she was very, very intrigued by that idea. She would love to do it, so maybe that'll happen. Knowing Mark Millar, it probably will happen. Yeah, that's
3: that seems to be his M.O.
0: Uh, and then Phil and I both chose Dark Knights Rising, The Wild Hunt, number one. Phil, do you want to speak to that? Well, I actually brought a guest on the show.
2: Wait, no, Phil, this doesn't work. We're a video podcast now.
0: What are you talking about? You
1: can see a bald now. <laughs>
5: right, that was good.
1: <laughs> this is my triumphant return into the DC universe, where I get to write about Detective Chimp, the linchpin of
0: DC Comics. Are you excited, uh, Mr. Morrison, are you excited to work with uh, Scott Snyder? I've been looking to work with Scott for at least seven years now. That's cool. And what's it like working with a live chimp for this book?
1: Well, to prepare, I bought several chimpanzees, (laughs) and they've helped me tap into the dark realms of the dark multiverse, which was important in writing this book.
0: (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for joining (laughs) us, Grant. Bye. Take care, everyone. Marco, get the
3: haircut.
2: <laughs> I was wondering I was wondering how many more accents right <laughs> would be broken into.
3: Yeah, like is Grant Morrison German and Scottish too? Yeah. There was, there was, a, there, was, was a, a, <laughs> there was a there was a vague
2: liverpudlian in there.
3: Man, I'm like I'm not great at picking out accents.
1: At least you were able to pick up the Scottish accent of the actual Gary Morrison.
3: <laughs> I always thought he was British. <laughs> oh, Christ. Don't tell, don't tell a Scottish person that. <laughs> yeah,
2: J- Funny story. I, I made that mistake my first day in Scotland.
3: That's funny. I, I did that. I did that to Jess. The, I remember like the, the first time that you like introduced us. I like heard her like just over Skype like hardly. And I thought she was like Irish. Like it's good stuff.
1: So, yeah, when Kale made that mistake, he got a real
0: caning. <laughs> a real one? A real caning. I would pay to see that.
1: They cane you on the shin bones, you know? I'm excited for this book. Detective Chim Grant Morris is back at DC. I'm ready to go,
0: baby! Likewise. Uh, and then I chose Flash number 40. Uh, Flash has been a revelation. Uh, I, I buy a lot of comics, and sometimes I fall behind on certain series. Uh, and with The Flash, I recently realized that I was oof, uh, about 22 issues Whoa. behind. Oof. That's the worst. Which is a lot. Yep. But I own them all. So I took some time to catch up. And I got to say, if I had been caught up with this book the way that I was caught up with Batman, I would have chosen Flash as my book of the year last wow. year. Wow. That's how good it is. Uh, Joshua Williamson is incredible. And, um, it's it just, it's, it's an amazing book. Uh, the art also is always, always so amazing. Uh, so just a great tandem. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, Gorilla Grodd is one of my favorite villains and he's back. So I'm excited to see, uh, what they do with him and how that progresses. And I can't wait for flash war. So I'm all in on this series. It's really good.
5: You'll
3: have to check that no. out,
0: man. It's incredible. I'd recommend it to anybody, including Marco. Uh, And now, speaking of Marco, I saw that shit, man. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Marco, uh, we're going to talk about (laughs) Marco's uh, least favorite comic book character of all time. Mm -hmm. And Swamp Thing, Uh who, for whatever reason, a special winter issue was dedicated to this character. Yep. Uh, that is eighty pages, chock full of bad content. Oh, Ooh. all right. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, well, hold on. Uh, the,
2: tri- the tributes to Len Wein were very, very okay, touching. Yeah, yeah, I was okay,
0: like, yeah. this is not the issue to make that joke about. <laughs> no, no, it's it's the issue to make that joke about. It's all it, it absolutely. Uh, we love Len Wein on this podcast, and Bernie Wrightson, but, and Tom King, and, and we love and we yes, uh, and we love Tom King. Um, but let's talk about the issue itself. And why don't we let the man of the hour, the person for whom this is the most impactful piece of content, why don't we let that individual speak on it right All right, now? yeah. Film, I'll start up. Go right <laughs> on. Uh, All right.
1: right. So I'm already fast forwarding to this segment. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Future Thank films fast forwarding.
4: Jump in timestamps. The
3: live ticker is dropping. <laughs>
0: Marco, go
4: ahead. Oh, oh, all right. I thought Phil was gonna take it.
0: No. Okay. Why would
2: he?
4: so this is a winter special specifically uh commissioned by um or like there was a portrait that was originally commissioned like for Len Wein. Uh it's referenced in the back of the of the book. And then there were some discussions uh, internally and Jeff Johns had wanted to um Help celebrate both of Len Ween and Bernie Wrightson's lives. And so they did this book, like, this is where they decided to do that. Uh, they enlisted Fabak and King. And uh, there are two stories one that was um, brand new by King and Fabak. And then the second, which served as a backup, was a silent uh, comic because Len Ween had passed away prior to his finishing the script. So it's written by or at least it's laid out by Ween, and then uh kelly jones sort of did what he could with the direction given uh and so yeah so this was basically just in memoriam to those two creators and i was kind of disappointed by the first story and the second story uh even though it was it didn't have any dialogue um it sort of, for me at least, fell in line with what he had been doing with his previous miniseries um, after Convergence, uh, where Lin Wein, they had a six-issue mini uh, with Kelly Jones and Michelle Madsen as the colorist, and it sort of fell flat. Um, I know there were some, some fans of it, but it didn't sell very well. And uh, yeah, so I guess we'll just talk about the first... That first issue.
1: Oh, I probably took a fork out of my brain just that. Way. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: okay, well, you mentioned that you didn't like it. Uh, why didn't you like it?
4: It was paced oddly. Um, there was an just an ever present of like later the story just kind of dragged on for a bit. There wasn't much of there wasn't anything going on really at kind of at all. For me, uh, it just sort of was, okay, uh, Swamp Thing is running away from something perpetually. He doesn't know what. It's a monster. And then he finds out that whatever child that he is carrying, protecting from said monster is actually the the monster and he has to kill him. And that, that's basically where it ends. It's supposed to be like a, oh, you know, not all monsters are bad kind of thing. But the messages that he was trying to convey sort of fell flat for me and uh, the way he structured the story wasn't very effective to send that message, I think, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I think I agree. I I sort of felt like King wasn't at uh, his A-game here. Um, He's got a lot going on, I think, you know, with Batman and... And uh, all the other stuff he's doing, um, and we ge- pretty generally sing his his praises on this podcast. But this this felt uh, pretty weak and uh, fairly uh, lackluster.
4: Yeah, kind of run in the mill. Like it was yeah just, it was like, a story.
2: Like he he just like they asked him to do it, and he crammed it in between projects. And
0: did Phil or Pete? Did you did you like the? Ocean? I did.
3: Yeah, I was gonna let the the negative, you know, Nancy's get it out of the way. Um, so we could hopefully, you know, end uh on a positive note. But um yeah, I enjoyed the issue. I don't think it was landmark. Um, I don't think it was uh necessarily like up to you know, the the peaks of what King can achieve, but I, I thought it was enjoyable, you know? Um I there was a lot of well-crafted moments, I thought. And, like, it was kind of just a little, like, you know, like, what you guys are saying as a criticism, that it was just kind of this little story and it didn't really, like, exist to do much. Like, I enjoy that once in a while, you know? Like, it, I thought it was, it, you know, it felt very reminiscent of Frankenstein, you know? Like, it, it felt very much like an appropriate story for Swamp Thing, which is, like, not a character I've read a ton, so, like, you know, I can't speak to how it... Um, stacks up against other Swamp Thing stories. But, you know, uh, for what it was, I enjoyed it. My
1: opinion, this was the greatest Swamp Thing issue I've ever read
0: in my entire <laughs> life.
1: This actually understood the character and portrayed him as a superhero. They call him a superhero in the story. Tom King intimately gets Swamp Thing in a way that no other author ever has, whether whether it be Len uh Alan Moore, Scott Snyder, whomever. Give me, this, a, give me one more. <laughs> yeah. Grant Morrison.
2: Okay. Has Gmo written Grant?
4: That has. Has yeah. Thing. Yeah. Mean, right. right. Like four issues.
1: So the make this perfectly clear. I give you one more. This is this is the greatest no, no, issue. one more. Issue. <laughs> of Swamp
4: Thing ever
1: published by DC <laughs> Comics. And this is a milestone. And if anyone tells you otherwise, they're a blind fanboy. Thank you for this opportunity. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Do you want to share your real thoughts on the issue?
1: I, I did. I, I told you it was the best issue of Swamp Thing I've ever read. This was, frankly, it took a terrible character and made it readable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well if you're not gonna be for serious
1: This isn't the most serious I've ever been. I am a heart attack right now because of how serious this is.
0: Well, uh rest in peace. Uh so I I uh I, I was underwhelmed, man. I I was ready for this issue and I'm normally all in on weird sort of you know, slightly esoteric you know, messages that that are beyond just what's on the page. But you know, like like I got I got okay, it's a it's winter, it's super long. Swamp Thing is not a winter character. This is a struggle for him. I get all of that. That's all cool. Um and it's sort of reminiscent of what real humans feel like when they're dealing with the winter and how much it sucks. And, you know, then you get out of it and it's like, oh sweet. Um but uh I don't know if there was something deeper than that that I was supposed to get, but I didn't get it. And so uh, for that, you know, maybe I'm dumb, but I just didn't. There was nothing there for me. Uh, and to be honest, Tom King has a, You know, every now and then he delivers one of these where it's like, obviously, this meant something to you and you were going for something. But like the message just wasn't conveyed. And, uh, you know, he's a he's a messenger. That's his job as a, as a creator. Is to convey a message, and if that falls flat, then it is what it is, and that's what happened here.
2: Well, and that's and that's kind of why I say I think I think it was kind of a rush job between you know like between projects. Like I Tom King is a, a very talented writer, um, and I think I think there were like seeds and kernels of something really good here, but I I feel like you know with what he was given and probably the time frame he needed, he you know probably couldn't hit it. And that's, and you know that that happens,
3: yeah, that's possible, <clears throat> and you know it's not like he's above reproach, right like they're they're you know, yeah. everybody can put out something that's not necessarily the their best work, but uh, yeah, I don't know, like i i I think like underwhelmed is probably the right word for it, I guess I'm like just surprised that you guys feel so um. So lukewarm about it, just because like i I guess I guess some of the kernels worked a little bit better for me than they did for you guys, because i I definitely feel like there wasn't an overarching like theme, it felt more like a meditation on the character, you know, and like it was it was a fun little dalliance, you know,
0: but what was the meditation like? What
3: I You know, it was, like, the commentary of, of, like, about, like, Swamp Thing, like, being more than a monster, right? Like, I made the comparison of Frankenstein. Like, I feel like it was a very, like, it felt like Frankenstein meets the road to me, you know? um Which is, like, the road is a, a post-apocalyptic novel kind of story about a father and son who are, like, seemingly two of the last handful of people in the world. And, you know, they obviously had this kind of father-son dynamic they were playing with and, you know, like these random jump forwards in time and everything like that. Like, it was just, I I, I enjoyed, like, the vibe of the story overall. And I, I thought the art was really good, you know? So, like, I, I found something to enjoy whether or not, like, I loved it.
0: Yeah, the the art is really what kept me going.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. Jason... Fabic? Fabak. Yeah, Fabak did pencils and then we had Brad Anderson on colors. I thought they did a great job. Like, especially showing, like, how the extended time in the winter was kind of, like, taking a toll on Swamp Thing's body. You know, like, by the end, he's kind of, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, you think of Swamp Thing and, like, he's, like, big and, like, you know, very, like, powerful looking, you know, and, like, by the end, he's kind of, like, looks very sickly and he's kind of emaciated and um yeah I, I thought that that definitely was a big part of i think why the story worked for me was the the emotion sold through the art
2: the lettering conveyed that really well too i thought
3: yeah like in the snow
2: yeah i thought swamp things uh his you know his his bubbles were really yes. really good
4: yep the orange you mean like the, the yeah. just that's how yeah. it normally is is it? I, yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: I, I don't touch that nasty ass book. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't touch that.
5: Yeah, it's normally
4: book. it's normally orange, and uh, it always has the three dots, like in between certain number of words.
5: Really?
2: Did um? Yeah. Do you know? Was it? Was it the same uh, letterer that usually does Swamp Thing, or what, is it? Uh, was just, it somebody different?
4: It's it was someone different. Yeah, that's um, just like a thing. They, yeah, it's just a thing that they do with the, that. That sets his uh part of his character
5: cool
0: that is cool all right uh well swamp thing winter special not really doing it for us i i don't really feel comfortable uh analyzing the len ween story just because he he didn't get to finish it so it's not it it was it was cool to see it you know yeah
2: um and it was cool to see like the script that was there
0: yeah, and getting like uh, yeah, Despite yeah, it not being words.
2: actually on the page. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, yeah. It was cool to see his process too. Just, you know, like as a creator, like seeing how he lays out um, his books, that was kind of interesting. Uh, I've, I've actually never seen that exact way of detailing what you want on the page the way he did it with the slices. Um, and I've never seen that before. So that was kind of cool. Um, but uh, it, it's how how can you really talk about this? In a way, that's. I mean, it's not finished. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I mean, I, I just, I just think like again, it's cool that it came out. You know, it's cool that we, um, that we got to see it at all, and uh, it, it seemed like a. You know, I, I really, really appreciated um, the letter that they had from. Uh, you know, I, I guess it was.
4: Oh, Rebecca Taylor. Yeah,
3: yeah, and I guess she had been an editor who worked with him a lot and um i i thought that 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 little passage just about him and the piano and everything was really really sweet uh mm-hmm. it, it just seemed, it seemed like a nice tribute for for uh you know obviously one of the most influential creators you know at least in the last the last several decades
4: yeah and if, if you guys want to uh if anyone's interested just to hear more um on like that last issue the parlapod Podcast. They interviewed Kelly Jones, and he talks about uh, his final conversations with Len Wein about the issue specifically, and just like in general, what they would talk about. The way that um, Wein was very sort of like carefree and towards the end, just very content. Uh, so it's it's a it's a very bittersweet episode. If you guys want to check it out, uh, I think it's like a seventy eight, maybe seventy nine. Um, we can probably try to find a link if anything.
0: Cool. All right, uh, so let's uh, let's jump into the news here, uh, and we're starting off very positive because DC is oh, continuing. <laughs> uh, DC is continuing to launch new imprints. Uh, we talked last week about the Brian Bendis one, um, and then of course they've got the Gerard Way one. But now they're launching two more. Uh, one is a young reader imprint, and the other is a middle grade imprint. Um so that's 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 interesting. Um the first one is called DC Inc., which is uh targeted towards, you know, young young audiences, um uh but but more you know, kinda like high school, mid grade where you start to read about slightly more mature stuff, hunger games kinda crowd- sort of like a young a,
2: a young adult.
0: Young adult, yeah, that's that's the perfect oh, word. A YA um, print, yeah, right, exactly. YA, um, and then the other one is called DC Zoom, which is more for the younger kids, um, and then both of those are going to be overseen by uh, Bobby Chase, who's the executive editor on this whole thing, and some of these are really interesting. Uh, so, uh, DC Inc. is going to have, um, the initial lineup anyway is going to be Harley Quinn Breaking Glass, uh, which is by Mariko Tamaki, who I love. Uh her She-Hulk run now or it was called Hulk, now it's called She-Hulk again. Uh that book is absolutely incredible. So her working with DC, her working on this title, I think that's really awesome. Um with uh Steve Puck, I think. P-U-G-H. Oh, I I've think it's Pugh. said before. Kel, K-
1: okay. K- can you mispronounce it for Sean? <laughs>
2: um, Doug
0: Done. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so so the, that's that's those two working together on that one, and then Mera by Danielle Page. So I, that's that's awesome. Um, and then DC Zoom has a whole other uh, slate of creators involved in what they're what that's they're the doing. That's
5: the kids one, right? Um,
0: yeah. Uh, Lori House Anderson, uh, Melissa De la Cruz, Michael Northrup. These are all people who are young adult authors who have written books that have been successful, who they're bringing over to, to work in this environment. Uh, most of the Zoom titles, um, they're going to be complete graphic novels. The, the one that's not is, is actually the one I'm probably most interested in, which is Gene Luen Yang, who's going to be writing something called Superman Smashes the Clan. That's going to release Oof. as a you know a monthly, as normal comics do, and then get put together as a trade. Uh, so that book actually is in reference, I believe, to the story that Phil was ta- was telling uh, last week or a couple weeks ago on the show. Yeah, about
3: the, the um, radio play.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's that's really cool that that's getting adapted here. Um, and uh, there's also the The project that Ridley, Ridley Pearson's working on uh, is called Super Sons, and it's gonna be... And this is kind of what's nice about this, and you guys will probably appreciate this, is that it, so it's it's Damian Wayne and it's um, Jonathan Kent, that, but it's a story about them that doesn't involve any continuity at all. It's just them kind of like on their, you know, adventure as two kids doing their thing. Um... So both of these lines are gonna start up this fall. And uh yeah, I mean top talent and DC seems really motivated. What do you guys think about this?
3: I think this is a great I think this is a great move. Um obviously I've praised DC a lot for what I perceive as them trying to diversify their offerings, you know, and, and that I think also extends to appealing to different kinds of readers, you know? And I think, you know, we've talked about how, you know, the more um, accessible anthology kind of stuff can appeal to the more casual readers that we've seen Marvel and DC trying to court over the years. Um, I think stuff like this is super forward thinking, right? Like we talked about um, maybe even last week, a couple of weeks ago, about how, how we think Marvel needs to like, push the books that are for young kids to kids in better ways, right? Like, having the Miss Marvels at the Scholastic Book Fairs and stuff like that. Like, these seem like they're perfect for that. They're going to be graphic novels. They're complete books. You're not forcing someone to go to a comic book store or, or buy single issues um, to get something that is a, a solid superhero story with top-tier talent that's made for kids and you know is um, safe, Right. Because that was even a thing that uh, I've experienced a lot being in a comic book store um, or, you know, being at a convention or whatever and like helping a parent pick out a book for their kid that's appropriate, you know. So I think having an entire um, imprint that exists specifically to court new readers is, you know, that's the kind of thing that will hopefully engender a new generation of readers that give a shit about comic books and keep us going for another (laughs) another couple decades, you know
4: so with pizza this is long term thinking like they're they're thinking ahead and just outside of trying to gather new readers they're looking it seems to also retain them cuz you know if you think about it they're starting from middle age they're going to have content from 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 middle school sorry they're going to have content from middle school through to high school through to adulthood and it's all dc branded it's not just like oh we're going to start uh, you know, you're just trying to get into comics. Okay, cool. You're 17. You haven't read anything. Okay, here's you know the Dark Knight Returns. Have fun. This is a way to be like, okay, you know, you're introduced to these characters at a young age in a different light. Uh, maybe these stories appeal to you as you grow older. Maybe these stories appeal to you, but it's still the same characters. And then even as you're older, these stories still appeal to you. You know, so it's a way to retain that audience for the for the long term, I think. And to something we discussed last week too. It's like these new imprints are only way more valuable ways to uh to not only diversify but to ensure that you're growing your brand and this is a huge way to do that
3: yeah and i think like not only courting readers like you said but like you get them while you're while they're young and then hopefully they grow with you right like you said like you can start reading batman as a kid and then you move on to the teen batman book and then you grow you uh graduate to batman you know the mainline right yeah by tom king
4: or
0: something yeah yeah like
3: right Um, so yeah, I mean, I think having that straight line for, for people is, uh, that's, that's ideal, right?
0: So I was, uh, reading some commentary from a comic shop owner and, uh, he was saying that this is so huge because the number one growing market, at least for him and what he's observed is kids that. Kids come into the stores, and they're hungry for adventures, and they're hungry for stories that are age-appropriate, and that there's not a, there's just not a lot of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he feels like this is a way to increase sales because kids are excited about comic books. There's just not a lot for them. And uh, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, what can you read if you're a kid who wants to read about Batman? You know, there's not much out there that's being published right now you definitely can't read Tom King's Batman that's for sure right yeah and the stuff that is out there is like
3: probably like gonna go over your head or is not relatable to you because it's written for adults you know like I I've talked a couple times on this show about how there were kids in my local comic book store who I saw picking up um the Black Panther book that we read for this week's book club and like they're not gonna understand that book you know, it's like it's about war and kings and you know, like things that are just not relatable to a child who wants to just read about Black Panther getting on going on an adventure and beating a bad guy. You know, and having something more simple for them is like you gotta have that. You know? In the same way that like cartoons were like that for us. Hmm.
0: Uh I don't know about that. I feel like those cartoons were pretty sophisticated.
3: Well, yeah, yeah. That's but They were, like, accessible, you know? Like, they were sophisticated, but, like, there was nothing in Batman the Animated Series that wasn't, like, age-appropriate. Like, it was serious, it was dark, but it wasn't, like, I couldn't understand it or that it was um, anything that was, like... You know, uh, like gonna be like scarring or something like that, right? Like, whereas I feel like if you do hand to your point, right, if you gave a kid Tom King's Batman, I don't know that that's necessarily gonna resonate with them, and I don't think that that means we need to have like kiddie versions of these characters, just versions that are not um, that are age appropriate, you know? Like, I don't, we don't need like the, you know. Like, that that show that comic series that they did for Marvel a couple years ago that was, like, very, like, shibby versions of the characters, and they're, like, playing games and, like, not necessarily going out and doing, like, superhero stuff. You know what I mean?
2: We, yeah, like, it's cool to have titles that are more, you know, like to continue with, like, the animated series comparison that are, you know, f- that are more Justice League and Justice League Unlimited versus Teen Titans Go all the time. You know,
3: right. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a perfect analogy. I did. I did just want to k- call attention to one specific book before we move on. Um, Gabriel Piccolo is uh, an artist I've been following oh, yeah. on, on the web for a long time who does uh, a series called Casual Teen Titans. And um, he's actually going to be doing doing one of these books. So a- Titan uh, book, right? to him. really, really. Yeah. Yeah. Teen Titan book. So super cool to see him getting called up to the big leagues. He's a phenomenal artist, so go check out his stuff, Gabriel Piccolo.
0: Awesome. Uh, so, in less positive news, or I guess your mileage may vary. Uh, DC wants uh, Lobo to be directed by Michael Bay. Let's fucking do it. I no. I you let's know what? Not.
2: I don't think this is a bad move.
0: Actually, let's <laughs> fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. No. no. Now. For those of you who are unfamiliar, Lobo is a very... <laughs> I think
4: i say for those of you who are unfamiliar, Michael Bay is... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Michael Bay is the probably the worst director in Hollywood today. Let's not say that. Uh,
2: yeah, Zack um, Snyder's still around.
0: <laughs> oh, you're right. Michael Bay... No, not Michael Bay. Lobo is a character very similar to Deadpool... Uh, in that he's kind of like, he breaks the fourth wall, he's super violent, he's funny, but he's a little edgy. more... Yeah, he's edgy. He's a little more biker gang guy. And better. Okay. Um, and so they want to have that Deadpool success with Lobo. Uh, and they brought in Michael Bay to talk about it. And so he met the studio, gave them some notes... And wants a rewrite, um, and apparently the success or how much of his notes they incorporate into the rewrite will determine whether or not he'll uh, direct this thing. So, oh my god,
3: I'm ready. Please, like, please no, please don't. Please, do this. yes, I'm, I'm a no! I'm yes on this. Michael Bay is not a good director, you guys. Like, um, how many bad Transformers and Ninja Turtles movies do you need to see before you just like no?
2: But but that's what Lobo needs. Like,
5: <laughs> no! You're yeah.
2: like, you're completely like. I know you're a, a newbie DC reader and everything, but Lobo's that sort of character. He's this bombastic he <laughs> big explosion biker gang.
3: It doesn't, dude, it doesn't, like, it doesn't matter, though. Like, Michael Bay is, ah, he's not a good director. Like, I, I'm familiar with Lobo enough to know his whole shtick. I get it. Bastiche, he rides a fucking motorcycle in space. Yeah, I get it. But, like, Michael Bay is fucking terrible. Like, he's not a good director, and every movie that he's put his hands on in the last... You know, I don't know, 15 years that I can think of off the top of my head is a bad fucking movie. Like, bad dialogue, bad effects, bad direction, bad bad cinematography... Yes, like explosions what? are not good effects. The Transformer movies, every single one of the fights is a garbled fucking mess and you can't even follow what's fucking happening because it's nothing but motion blur and CGI smashing together. It's like, no thanks. Dude, you. everything
1: you're describing is making me want to see him direct Robo. <laughs> like... That is i think you're you're
2: confusing michael bay the meme with michael bay the director
0: so first of all michael bay made bad boys and bad boys 2 two of my favorite movies ever and the original transformers movie is real good so i am real good and supposedly this newest one's supposed to be real good too (laughs) i love the original no one said
3: (laughs) that. the fucking dinosaurs well, so
0: I am so ready for Michael Bay to direct Lobo. I think that this is exactly what DC needs. And well. uh, <laughs> uh, come on, Kale, follow me here. I listen. This is
3: exactly I, what DC needs. <laughs> this is I, what uh, they need.
2: I'll give it a shot. I'll give you that.
1: I believe. So Lobo comes from the style and the platform of satire. Of everything wrong with '80s and early '90s culture, Michael Bay in himself is a meme <laughs> director. Okay, <laughs>
5: well,
1: I'm not done. You make a Lobo movie in complete earnest in the Michael Bay style. Yeah, maybe it's a bad movie, but it's everything that Lobo is supposed to be, and it like it will be so bad that it is amazing. But,
3: but it'll be that way in a sincere and that's way, and that's, a that's great. No, it's, no, it should not be ironic. It needs to be completely genuine. No, I. But it, Never mind. Whatever. I don't. I don't fucking care. Fucking whatever. Let's see Michael fucking bays Lobo. I'm fucking defeated. Well, Deadpool, everyone has their finger on their nose, winking. Ah, we're all inside on the joke
1: now. Lobo would be completely, earnestly candid, like RoboCop. It would be amazing.
3: Uh, That's a horrible Man,
2: adventure. I love RoboCop.
3: I don't know. I do, too. No, RoboCop heroes.
0: is amazing. Yeah. Can, Lobo, there be, can there
3: be a scene in this movie where Lobo shoots a guy's dick off? Yes. Because if that happens, I'll watch it. <laughs> I, I,
0: Michael Bay is the guy to do that. But he's For the real? guy yeah, to, to get know. that done. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I don't understand. I don't understand. Michael Bay is literally like he was made to direct Lobo. I mean, what's the? Uh, fine, whatever. <laughs> let fucking let's,
3: Whatever.
2: I don't understand who you would rather have.
3: I don't know. It, like I I off the top of my head I honestly can't think of another director where I'm like this is the guy to give Lobo to. But it's more just like a thing of like this speaks volumes about my overall feelings about the direction of like the people in charge at DC. I think we need less Zack Snyder's and less Michael Bay's and more Patty Jenkins.
0: Okay, Patty for Jenkins Lobo? did a phenomenal job no, with Wonder Woman. Not for Lobo, she should for their not movies in general. general. Uh Lobo for Lobo, I never
3: said that she should direct. Lobo I know
0: you didn't say that, my friend. Let me talk. Uh, so for Lobo, uh, we need a complete trash director, yeah, like Michael Bay. That's what we need.
2: Yeah, you don't don't.
0: Well, he's don't, the king don't of don't the trash. Any, so put
2: words in our mouths. We know who Michael Bay is. We know what we're getting. We're saying we want
1: it. That's the right. other person I thought of was Frank Miller, the director. <laughs>
5: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Wait, alright, I got it. I got it. Rob Zombies Lobo. Boom. I watched watch that too. Right. I don't yeah. that That's what I'm saying. That would be better. They're they're all good.
2: I mean I don't know about better, but it would it would be
0: It would be a movie. It, 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 it would
1: sure. be. I like it,
2: it. It would be two hours of our lives that yeah, we'd give it to them
3: We've
1: had to do that with enough movies like Justice League.
0: Yeah, now we're going to have to do it again with fucking Michael Bay's Lobo. I'm ready. So uh, we we talked a a few months ago about the Power Rangers uh, crossover event that's coming uh, real soon. And now we've got a trailer. And I just wanted to talk about this real quick because this trailer was phenomenal. They brought in Jason David Frank to narrate the trailer, and when it starts off, you think, oh, well, it's just the Green Ranger. And as it turns out, well, it, it is, but it's actually the Green Ranger from another, uh, like, an alternate reality, an alternate timeline, uh, who is known as Lord Drakan, And he's kind of, like, the, the version of the Green Ranger who sides with Rita instead of going against her and ends up, like, taking over, you know, and becomes... Basically a supervillain, and his whole goal now is to eliminate all the Power Rangers so that he can dominate the universe. Uh, And
2: and and when you say all the Power Rangers, you mean all all the Power Rangers.
0: Rangers. (laughs) I I I mean Kale. I know you and I are the primary Power Rangers people on this show. I am super excited. Oh Marco, sorry. Shut up. Shut up. Weibo. Marco
3: loves the Black Rangers series. (laughs) My favorite of the
0: series. (laughs) check out that black panther
1: episode to get that joke listeners that's
0: right (laughs) that's called a callback i i personally wanted to be the blue ranger but uh anyway kale go right for it this is like so
2: this this is the series that like you know you know how when you were kids and you would play power rangers there was always that one kid who'd be like no i'm the green ranger because i can do it i'm the cool kid and everybody, you know, all the hype with the Green Ranger is kind of like the hype with Batman. Oh, Batman could do it because he's Batman. This is the book that like makes that hype real. Tommy Oliver's Green Ranger power is like it's like outside of what the the normal the regular Power Rangers can sort of access. The morphing so grid. His the yeah the morphing grid. Um, it's
3: wait, that's what it's really. That's called. what it's really yeah. called. <laughs> that's that's
1: pretty funny uh, did you yeah. ask by Jason in the, in the
2: TV show oh fucking constantly Jason's totally underrated dude um, but um, this this series is it's so good and like the it really adds the, the depth to the Power Rangers that um, that the Super Sentai series actually do really give them Um I've been I've been rewatching uh Power Ranger's Ninja Storm uh to sort of scratch a niche that I can't, you know that I can't that I can't get because I can't access, you know, the the Japanese translation stuff. Your scrotum? Yes. Um and uh like man these can't trans-
0: access your scrotum?
2: Listen, Jess and I have a very complicated relationship.
5: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh
2: but um these tra- the translations, like we all know it, right? Power Rangers—it's bad, but like these, the 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 comics really—they add to the um, the drama and the 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 action that exists and you know exists, but you can't really see it because the 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 TV series is such a, a mishmash of you know footage from uh, you know the American version and the the Japanese translation stuff.
1: Is the Japanese version? feature teenagers with attitude
2: so many teenagers dude
1: but are they with attitude
2: well see I think 90s American attitude is strictly an American thing
1: okay, so so I, can't, I, okay. I, I have other questions I'm sorry I know this is gonna derail it but these are legitimate questions does this book explain how Tommy can play his stagger like a flute
2: Uh, no yeah you you have to buy into that
1: You just gotta buy into it. And what's the deal with his other dagger that has a tiger on the knob of it that can talk to him? It's the same one.
2: We're not there yet. That's the same one. Okay. He's not the White Ranger
1: yet.
3: That's the same dagger. Yeah. So, oh, so this takes place like in the middle of the original series. Yeah. Like it. That's. I think
2: it. If I remember correctly, the the first volume picks up right after he joins joins the the Rangers.
4: Yeah, it does. Oh,
1: okay
2: like he's still he's still kind of coming to grips with the the green Ranger power outside of Rita's control uh,
1: i'm very I'm very intrigued because the illustration of him makes him look like a hybrid of the white ranger and the green ranger
5: mm.
1: and as I said to you in a, a privately he looks like a drag a,
5: a dragon,
1: dragon tiger. tiger
2: yeah uh I, which i think is really interesting too because um the white ranger like identity slash power is sort of. Modified, if I remember correctly, sort of modified and built you know with Zordon and Alpha and Billy what so so like i i guess I guess I'm wondering like what what role Billy would have played in in that universe to to help build Lord Draken's power in the you know to to get that white ranger power.
0: Something tells me that that is going to be addressed. Oh, that'd be cool. Just because the way that this is being handled and the way that this is being sort of, like, talked about, it makes me feel like... Like, Kyle Higgins is on his A-game with this, and I just feel like there's no stone left unturned. They're treating this like you would any other major event and any other publisher. It's a big deal for them. So I feel like they'll they'll really... Uh, go into all of that but the real thing that we learned throughout all of this uh, and this is what's so amazing to know now is that Kale's actually locked in chastity which <laughs> is in- an incredible fact uh,
2: is it really that incredible
0: that wasn't lost in translation <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I, I'm blown away. I
2: mean my, my whole brand here is how grumpy I am is it that incredible Good
5: point. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> oh, God, God damn, Kale,
1: get some release.
2: <laughs> not, not yet. She hasn't told me I could.
1: Right. <laughs> so uh Oh fuck, save that shit for the long
0: box. <laughs> Listen, this wasn't mine. Uh so moving on, uh we got a trailer, a real trailer this time, for Deadpool 2. Uh that introduces cable, uh and it makes a really clever and good joke, uh, jab in fact, aimed directly at DC for the Justice League oh, Superman yeah. mustache. <laughs> that film. was a good one. <laughs>
2: I missed it the first time. I watched it again I, this morning and I was like, I, oh,
0: I, okay, I get it. <laughs> I missed it as well
2: the first time. Because of his arm? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I thought it was... Uh, We're not trying to replace a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was everything you want from a Deadpool trailer. It's meta, it's funny... It's got the high action. It's got, you know, it, it's a perfect trailer for what this movie is going to be. It doesn't really tell you a lot, but you get the point. You get that you're going to get Deadpool and a crew of some form, whether that's X-Force, whether that's six pack, whatever it is, it's Deadpool and some kind of crew. You're getting cable for the first time. Uh, it, 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 it's all the characters you like from the first movie, pretty much. So um, every reason to be excited. If you like that.
3: Yeah, I I really appreciate the the marketing around Deadpool. I think it's it's cool that they've done just different things for every one of the trailers or teasers instead of just like giving us cuts of the movie and spoiling the entire thing. Um, They like have chosen to like actually create content. Um, And I appreciate that. It's different. You know, like I haven't. I don't feel like I've seen too much of Deadpool 2, and this is already, like, the what, the third or... The third. Third, th- yeah, third thing they've put out already. Um, and I think that's really smart. You know, it's, like, it plays in the, the modern, you know, movie landscape because not only does it buck a trend, it's, like, it's a shareable, like, viral thing aside from the fact that it's the Deadpool trailer, right? It's like, oh, this is funny. You should watch this. Um, and I, I like that. I don't think you could get away with that with, um, you know... Every modern movie, but with a character like Deadpool, who part of his shtick is breaking the fourth wall and being aware of the fact that he's in a movie. Um, yeah, it's it's I think it's a really clever ad campaign. And uh, yeah, I thought it was good. It's funny.
4: No, it was, a, it was a good trailer. It It brings you back into sort of what's going to to just happen. And I kind of like that it's not directly related to anything that might have necessarily happened in the first movie. It's just kind of like a new thing. Um, so yeah, it's cool. It's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Awesome. Uh, so now let's talk about, uh, a, a very special movie or what appears to be a very special movie. Uh, it's, uh, it's a movie, uh, that is about Tom Hardy <laughs> and his journey to discovery of his, uh, very serious illness. Um, and the seeking out of a cure. So in the trailer, we see uh, Tom Hardy getting an MRI, uh, which is very obviously heavy, and uh, he doesn't appear to be having a great time throughout this process. <laughs> um, it's not know, funny, see, Marco. It's
2: a very serious procedure.
0: <laughs> we see that you know he has a loved one um, who who's there for him uh, throughout this process, who's very concerned about what's going on. Uh, there's also a very horrible. Um, uh crash of some kind within within the the film that uh you know i i don't know really what happens but towards the end uh tom hardy wakes up screaming and he seems horrified so i'm really wondering like what what illness does he have and for some reason the movie's go ahead i'm so worried about tom hardy guys yeah uh for some reason, the movie's titled Venom. I don't know if that relates to his illness or what that's about, but uh, Tom Hardy, the movie. Maybe he's got some poison in his blood.
4: No, he, he has moon
2: rabies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a pretty good thing. <laughs>
3: moon rabies.
2: <laughs> moon rabies are not a joke, Marco.
3: <laughs> it's a serious illness. What My offense?
2: grandfather died of moon rabies. <laughs> Whoa!
3: He kills dozens of moon <laughs> citizens every year. <laughs> It's
5: an <laughs> epidemic.
1: Um, yeah, you don't see anyone left on the moon. They were all wiped out by moon rabies. Uh, there are no more moon babies. They were all wiped out by moon rabies. Nice.
3: Oh, babies getting rabies. <laughs> this country makes me sick.
0: We need to stop having babies born in the ninth month, guys. That's really sick.
2: <laughs> that could change if we would let it.
0: Well, it affects the
1: tide and it affects the uh affects your sign, you know. So we need we need to get rid of the moon.
3: Blow it up. Oh my god. We've st- we've just strayed so far from God here, guys. So
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready for this. Tom Hardy Venom, let's go, baby. This
3: movie looks Good. like Great. trash. Nope. It looks like trash, it was great. and I get it. I get it. This is what we all expected, right? Matt Murphy called me out. Oh, Pete on the show this week is just gonna be fuck this movie, fuck this. You know what? Fuck this movie. It looks bad. It's a bad trailer. It looks generic. I like. I complained on social media that we didn't even see Venom, right? I think that's the most obvious complaint. A lot of people saying it worked for them. I know Marco said it yep. worked for him. Cool, right? Even if even if that's your opinion. This trailer is bad. Like, this looks like a generic, it could be literally about anything else, movie. Like <laughs> that's what it appealed has, to I, me. I got, because n- <laughs> it looks generic. No, that
4: it could be any other movie. Like, <laughs> that's bad. That's hilarious. And like, not like, oh,
3: it looks like it could not be a superhero movie. No, it literally looks like, it looks like this is just a, like one of those YouTube trailers that people make of just cutting up Tom Hardy from every other movie that Tom Hardy's been. In. Yep. Yep. Like, it, it's, it's astoundingly just, like, there's nothing to it. There's nothing to grab onto at all. Like, the fact that people were arguing with me to defend this trailer, I'm just, like, floored by me. it. Me. I don't don't get it. So, Marco, you can cut out. I
1: literally timed that in my head. You can cut out the last 71 seconds of that audio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you got it. I, uh, I tell you whose opinion I, I really respect <sighs> and I can't wait to hear oh. is Phil's brother.
5: Because, oh uh, <laughs> you
2: know what? This. You in, guys thought Phil was bad. In this current political climate, we need a voice for the voiceless. And I tell you what, Venom is that voiceless. Venom's the voiceless, or he's the voice? Ven- my, no, he's the voice. My brother's
1: the voice. My brother's the voice and Venom is the voiceless. He's the
2: voice for the voiceless, which is Venom the voiceless.
3: You know, they can have each other,
1: man. My brother and I are united on this front, like the Hart Foundation, we're the Casey Foundation, and we're ready to go to bat for Venom and other symbiotes as often as we need to, because we're also a legal team, apparently, so we're gonna go to court and defend symbiotes every turn. We are against ice, hashtag abolish ice. We need to keep symbiotes in this nation.
0: Are you against the Life Foundation who are trying to control and manipulate symbiotes in the Absol- film?
1: Absolutely.
0: Pete left.
5: <laughs> <laughs> <Funny shit>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, listeners, I'm back. I just, I needed to get away from Phil for a minute. <laughs> the fact that anyone could defend this movie is unconscionable. Uh,
2: I can't, I can't believe you would break professionalism there like we're doing a, a broadcast like what are you what are you doing
3: you know you're right you're right and i all i can say is uh i'm a i'm, I'm sorry you know i'm sorry i'm sorry for my actions i disappointed i disappointed my family i disappointed god <laughs> i disappointed uh the pals you know um all you listeners out there
2: much like the venom movie
3: uh, Boom! Full circle, baby! Uh,
0: so... Uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> babies. That will yep, right? right? <laughs> you know what? I gotta tell you. Uh, I am not terribly mad at this trailer for not showing Venom. Yes! Although, I do think that it is absolutely hilarious that it's a trailer for a movie called Venom and we don't see the character... I think that's hilarious. but I'm not mad about it.
4: Godzilla does it.
1: Yeah, buddy.
2: Yeah, but you know it's a Godzilla movie. But you know it's a Venom movie.
1: Exactly. No, you
3: <laughs> yes, you do. There's you see this you don't see Godzilla in the Godzilla trailer. Dude, are you kidding me? There's no one in the world who isn't intimately familiar with who Venom is who watched this trailer and has any sense of what or who Venom is at all.
2: And also like you we never we never hear Eddie Brock's name.
3: Right. Like Like this
2: could be, this could be fucking anything. Also,
3: this isn't a monster movie. Like I know they (laughs) said they want to treat it like a horror movie. No, it's not. It's not a Kaiju movie. It's a a horror horror movie. movie To to treat it like a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But like, that's fine. But that doesn't work for making the trailer. Like you can't cut it like a horror trailer because like there's no, there's, there's nothing here. It's like Sean's opening bit was how it was literally a random series of events. Like, you can't make that bit and then argue that this trailer makes sense or is good marketing for this movie. Like, you know who Venom is. Like, you can be there and be like, I know Venom. This is an alternate take. Cool. The average person is going to have no fucking idea what this is, is at all.
0: I never tried to defend the quality of the trailer. I simply said that I don't have a problem with Venom not appearing okay, all in right, it. that's. But I also think it's unbelievably funny <laughs> that that is the case. Like, they show the logo, right? The
3: logo is Venom's face. And I'm like, really? But no Venom. No Venom in the trailer. Oh, that's fine. And I can't believe... It's the monitor. in People were fucking coming at me on Facebook, like, dude, you can see the symbiote in the jar. And I was like, Great, great, a black goo in a jar. Awesome. That's what I want yeah. to see.
1: It's it's the monster underneath, my friend.
2: Characteristic real characteristic of Venom. The monster underneath.
3: Do you remember do you remember that movie? It is. That is a characteristic. Do you remember that Ryan Reynolds movie Life? That everyone was like, can you imagine if this was a Venom movie? That was a better Venom trailer than this. Yep. Alright, well,
0: <laughs> how about this, Pete? Why don't you... I'm ready for it. Let's do it, baby. Why don't you keep in mind that this is a teaser... Not a trailer. And everyone keeps saying that it's a teaser, difference?
3: It's right there in the name. And everyone's like, "Oh, the CGI isn't done yet." That's not a good thing.
0: That's not a vote of confidence. That's okay. The movie just finished shooting, and you're just gonna have to be patient, like everybody it else. It comes out in six months.
1: I'm ready. Best movie, best superhero movie of the year. It's coming. Or eight months. I hey, keep, man, I keep the forgetting.
0: CG for Justice League wasn't done until like the week before. And what that are movie you complaining sucked. about? <laughs> All right, well. When you when you get a job in CG and filmmaking, then you can talk about the lack of the lack of quality, really, and and, and the lack of professionalism and putting these things. This together. is the but argument we're coming point, at with. I don't
3: I don't, I don't make point,
0: CGI, so I can't complain about this trailer. Dang, dude! Listen, you don't know the process, man. You don't know the process. Why don't you just wait until San Diego Comic Con in July, and then you will see. Tom Hardy's Venom in its full glory.
3: Isn't the
2: movie supposed to be out by then?
0: No, it comes out in October. I keep
3: thinking it's in August, but it's October. It's going to be great. Better than Avengers. Better than
0: Deadpool. Let's move on. Let's move right all the way on. What if I just kick Uh, Phil out? I know I
3: hung up the call before. What if I just hang him up? What if we just hang him?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm only kidding, guys. I would never endorse uh, an act like that. <clears throat> so let's talk about. Uh, <laughs> like the symbiotes, I'm clearly being oppressed.
3: <laughs> also, I love how you say you're going to defend all symbiotes,
0: like Carnage, the serial killer. Great. Wow! Okay, way to it's miss, the man yes. who makes the symbiote the killer, not the that's symbiote right. that makes the man a killer. That, that's right. Don't misrepresent my client. Thank you. Ultimate. Thank you. I don't think that's Ultimate true. Carnage no, is true. literally no, no, no. a vampire it's, who sucks the life out of people. You guys. No, no, no. It's that's actually a fact. The symbiote itself was not the murderer. It was it was Cletus Cassidy who was a serial killer who then used the symbiote to commit more. Murders. They are one entity, sir. But they weren't always, sir. Yeah, this cast is corrupted. Blogged, like, the like symbiote. in Not at well, his birth. it's
4: All right nerds, let's let's move.
0: Thank you, Marco. <laughs> Thanks thank you so I much. I don't talk about superheroes being what? a professional Swan saying
1: he's a true superhero, of that, Marco.
0: Let's talk about uh the trailer for the Wolverine The Long Night podcast. We brought this up uh, a few months ago. We talked about this podcast. Uh it's supposed to be a audio drama that treats Wolverine as a real character that is has sort of like come to this town and they think he's committed a murder and they're trying to track him down and it follows these two detectives who are you know trying to get to the bottom of this case. Uh, so first I want to ask you guys for your quick takes what do you think about the trailer?
2: So I always forget that Logan slash Wolverine doesn't sound like he does in the 90's animated series. Right? <laughs>
5: what's that mean bub <laughs>
0: uh, go higher that's what you, that's what i sound like no no, no, I no. Go. go higher hold, hold, hold your go. impressions hold your impressions please just continue your thoughts kale uh
2: so you know so when hugh jackman or in this case uh richard armitage uh you know give give voice to logan i'm, I'm always like oh oh yeah that sounds good <laughs> <laughs> um, uh i yeah i think uh this sounds dope um i I'm a big fan of of podcasts and and audio dramas and and I can't wait to to see how this goes
4: yeah this was really this was just really cool uh in general when uh when we first brought it up, i was into it, and this trailer dropping was uh like icing on the cake it was it it hyped me up for whatever this is going to be
3: yeah man. I agree. um <clears throat> i I thought the idea was really interesting when we talked about it, but I can't say that I was like hyped for it, you know, like I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot, but um, this was a really good trailer, I thought, and like I've never heard an audio only trailer that wasn't like a radio bumper, you know, so like it was kind of a weird experience, but like it definitely gave me a taste of what I feel like the show is gonna be, and um, it got me really interested. You know, and, like, I think the the whole elevator pitch is definitely the kind of thing that I like. I like kind of more small human stories about superheroes and, like, having it be, like, this kind of small town murder mystery, like, sounds really interesting. You know, um, I'm I'm definitely into it. The voice acting sounds good, too.
0: I like the premise. I like the idea. I like all of that. I thought it sounded a little bit cheesy, but. I'm going to give it a chance anyways.
2: I always find that audio dramas do sound just a little cheesy. I think that's just sort of a it, – it's sort of a reality of of the medium, I think.
3: Because
0: it's like a play read, you know? Yeah, kind of. I've never listened to one before, so I was taken aback. I thought it was going to be played more seriously. It
3: better. sounded a lot to me like when you hear someone read an audio book. You know, like, and it very much has the feeling of someone, like, narrating. Like, I have um, an audiobook version of um, Console Wars by Blake Harris, which is, like, a story about um, Sega and oh, okay. Nintendo's rivalry in the 90s. And, like, he voices all the characters. So, like, when someone's doing, like, when there's dialogue in the book. Because it's, like, it's a, a history book, but it has, like, um, kind of, like... It's not historical fiction, because it is all the real history, but it has, like, conversations written out between the characters, you know? of Like, I interviewed them, and this is what they say they said. So, like, you know what I mean? And, like, the in the audiobook version, like, the guy reads it, and, like, he does voices and stuff. And, like, it, it does have that kind of, like, it's story time kind of feel. And mm. this had a similar yeah. vibe.
0: So, what I want to do, because to me, this guy... I don't know if he really hit the Wolverine marker for me. So what I'd love for you guys to do is to audition for the role of Wolverine, because I don't think this guy's going to last, quite frankly. And I think that one of you might be the next Wolverine for the follow-up to Wolverine the Long Night. And I will choose the winner. What an incredible opportunity. I know. It's amazing that they gifted me this opportunity to do this right here live on the show. So... Phil, why don't you go why don't you kick it off?
1: Yeah. Alright. <sighs> oh, how you doing <laughs> there, you <hoser? laughs>
5: there it is. Oh there it is.
1: I am the Wolverine, eh? <laughs> I'm from Ontario. <laughs> I go where I wanna go, Bob <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at these cars, eh? <laughs> You guys wanna go play some hockey while I wear my toque? <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of geese up here. Thank you. And a lot of Tom Hardy's Thank you so much for your um uh, I'm the best audition, that I
3: boy. I'm the best there is at what I do and what I do is eat fucking donuts. I'm the best at what I do and what I do is go to
1: Hardys. <laughs> What is it? Tim oh Hortons. That's yeah. <laughs> Tim Hortons. That's it. I go to Tim Hortons and listen. To, I listen to the hockey broadcast on CBC where I watch Gordie Howe play. <laughs>
0: All right. Okay. Let's
1: go Habs. Did I have a dog eh I'm glad they made maple leaf on my sweater.
3: Rick. Wait. All right, you Rick know what?
2: Moranis as Wolverine.
3: I don't. I don't think any of us can beat that. Yeah, oh. Sean,
4: I, I rescind my uh, application after that.
2: See, so we just give it to Phil. Kill? I know I know, I can't do a
1: better job than Mike. <laughs> All right.
0: Phil, you're hired.
1: Oh, great, <laughs> brothers! I can't, <laughs> wait, I can't wait to see you on the battlefield where I fight Omega Red, that evil Ruski! <laughs> It'll be like the 1972 Summit Series all over again, where we, where we Canucks defeat the Ruskies.
0: Bobby (laughs) eh? Oh my God. You're fucking killing me. Uh, oh, man. All right. Well, the, the Wolverine uh, podcast. Did you
1: guys like Logan?
0: <laughs> Enough. It's over. You got the job. <laughs> the Wolverine podcast debuts on March 12th on Stitcher Premium, and they're offering a free trial right now. So if you'd like to join in, all you have to do is go to the link that we have um, provided and sign up, and it's a free month. That
2: wasn't an ad. But hey, Stitcher Premium, we're
0: available.
1: Do you know how many of my villains rest at the bottom of the Niagara
5: Falls?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So Marvel Studios is celebrating its first 10 years as a studio. And uh, they released a behind-the-scenes video of them all kind of coming together for a celebration Of this first 10 years. And they brought almost every character. uh, Who's ever. Every main character. Who's ever been in one of these films. um, In for a picture session. And a video shoot and everything else. And we've seen trickled pictures. And things like that. From this event that they did. But uh, now we've got this video. And a very cool banner. That they put out. uh, Celebrating the first 10 years. So uh, real quick. I just wanted to say um how cool it is right that this has been going on for so long and um i'm anxious for 10 more years of this yeah because, i never thought we'd get this far yeah um what'd you guys think of the of the video
3: it was cool it was it was cool that they got everybody together for you know for this this little photo shoot and you know we got like a nice little behind the scenes steely and we it's, just, shit. It, it, it's it's inc- it's incredible to just think how far these movies have come you know and like how long ago the first iron man was um you know like i remember seeing that in theaters with my dad when i was you know like 14 i guess yeah it was almost 10 years ago um yeah so uh, it's pretty 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 incredible uh so yeah i I thought it was a fun little tribute celebrate the milestone you know yeah
0: um I'm. I'm really like we're gonna have a bigger conversation about this uh, at some point down the line. Just because how could we not? Ten years, it's a big deal. Um, but I just love the fact that they're able to celebrate what they've achieved. Uh, but it is interesting that like Phil Coulson's not here, and um, that was a weird one that he wasn't.
2: He um. So it, <clears throat> I I I did notice that too. He said on Twitter uh, that he wasn't available. He, he was he was somewhere else um so i don't know if that means he got an invitation uh because the agents of shield um cast and the and the uh you know the the show is sort of it's very maligned within the you know the the abc disney stuff like you know i don't think i don't necessarily think marvel considers it very often Uh, so it's, I don't know. It's, it doesn't feel like a good look to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, it it was weird for him to not be there, but, um, you know, if he, if he couldn't be there, he couldn't be there. So. Yeah. Yeah. There
3: was a couple other notable admissions. Like Natalie Portman wasn't there. Um, Kat Dennings wasn't there. There There's like a couple other like supporting players that didn't make it out, but no, uh, no Ed Norton, the original Hulk. Come on guys. The superior Hulk.
0: The Incredible Hulk. I I don't disagree with that. Damn straight. So, uh, Marvel Comics is doing a very cool sort of new series for Deadpool uh, that is written by Al Ewing with art by Salva Espin and Paco Diaz. Uh, And it's actually a sort of an RPG. Um, It's an RPG choose your own adventure type story slash game and it's really really cool uh marvel provided a preview of it on their website and you can see how it sort of plays out they even give you the ability to cut out dice that you can use for the game uh and uh yeah i mean it looks funny it looks enjoyable this is something that i might have to pick up although i won't be cutting out the dice but what do you guys think about this it's it's neat
3: yeah you know, like it's it's a it seems like a really fun, different kind of initiative, and like you know I don't exactly see something like this like having legs long term, but like as an event, it seems like a fun thing to do. I'm interested in like buying a copy of it so that we could like make a video about it you know like let's let's do it, let's play through it and see how it goes
2: yeah i I wouldn't say I'm super interested in 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 taking part. Uh, but I am interested to see how it plays. You know.
0: Yeah, it, it, I mean, at the very least, it looks it's it's something different. I I don't know if this is I've never seen this before personally, but uh, maybe it exists. But uh, you know, we always <clears throat> we always talk about wanting the big two to do different things, and this is different. So you are Deadpool is uh, is what it's called.
2: Don't you call me names? Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out in May. So uh, yeah, look forward to that if you're into uh, if you're into Deadpool and if you're into RPGs. So now we're gonna talk about the biggest news of the week uh, by far, uh, which is the announcement that the creators of the Game of Thrones television show, uh, David Benioff, is that how you say? His I think name? it's Benioff. Benny Hoff. Benny Hanna? All right. I'm not seeing that H, but uh, you know. <laughs> uh and D.B. Weiss. Weiss. Weiss? D.B. Weiss. Benny Hoff and Weiss. Benny Off, Benny Off. I guess it is off, not Hoff. Yeah, I think it's off. Benny Hoff. Uh, will write and produce a new series of Star Wars films. Uh, now. That's massive. That's a, you know, regardless of how you feel about that, that's just big news in general. Um, And this has kind of caused a schism among fans of Star Wars. uh, Because there are some people who are really into Game of Thrones and think that these guys have the chops to sort of run and manage a universe like Star Wars. Uh, because in a lot of ways, there are a lot of similarities between the two. Uh, sprawling universe, tons of different characters with different motivations that all have to make sense within the same storyline. You know, both Star Wars and Game of Thrones have that. So people feel like bringing that kind of storytelling over to Star Wars uh, to people who have experience doing it very well, that would be great. Uh, but there are other people who feel very differently than that. Uh, some people feel like these two guys are famous because they took what was great and just put it on, on television. Oh, come on. Um, some people feel, and, and they they back that up by saying that the last season of Game of Thrones, which veers the most from the books, is the worst. And they make choices that are strange. So there's that. All right. There's... What? All right, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, there are also people who feel that because uh game of thrones often features uh violence against women that these two should not be the people who are spearheading a new uh star wars series when the last jedi prominently featured women and minorities people don't want to see that go away because game of thrones does not does not provide that the minorities on game of thrones are not you know um prominent and then the women. You know, according to these people, are often, you know, assaulted in some way, raped, whatever. You know, just not treated great. Uh, and
2: it's a weird place to make that face, Pete. Uh, just throwing that out there.
0: The- <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, eventually, I'll, <laughs> I'll get a chance to talk. <laughs> uh, so that's that's sort of. That's sort of where it shakes out. And then there's the final camp that feel like, why didn't this opportunity, why wasn't it given to a minority director, a woman director, uh, somebody who's going to bring a different flavor than all of the white men who have worked on Star Wars historically? So what I want to do is just kind of cover all those bases and talk this out and determine sort of where we are as far as, like, what do we want from Star Wars? Do we think this is a good move? Is this where we want Star Wars to go? Pete, you were chomping at the bit, so.
3: Yeah. um,
4: So, from a business perspective, I guess it it (laughs) kind of makes sense.
3: (laughs) Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead, buddy.
4: All right. So, from a business perspective, like, it makes sense. Like, what do you, like, come on it just makes sense it's a it's a it's a cash cow and they're you know that's it they're checking that in um they're cash teats like Like (laughs) so uh, from an artistic standpoint i guess like they're for me personally i don't think it needs to be continued like you know the the artistic direction that was there originally said what they had to say Jozuka said what he had to say and like that's that's fine i'm okay with that kind of thing i don't think that it needs to be i don't think anything needs to be retreaded or anything new needs to be brought into it i think it is what it is and that's fine for me uh but i totally see people clamoring for more i get that you know like with the with the comics like i love the star wars comics uh darth vader you know all that stuff it's all things that i would like to see but it all comes down to the execution and um Based on what I've seen from these two uh, directors, I I think that it it has potential. You know, I I watch Game of Thrones. I I'm heavily invested in the show. I haven't read the books, but it is to me. I think like I I I'll I'll tune in for this. If anything, this is fair play for me. This is fair play from a, from a business perspective. Like it all just makes sense and i think that as long as it's executed well i'll have my gripes about it for just being an extended universe thing and for me being one of those people It's just like ah you could kind of just leave it alone um but i mean otherwise i'm um, i'll be there for it i'm here to support anything star wars cuz i want to see stuff that is star wars cuz i'm a fan of star wars done
1: sure okay how does take marco yeah
3: um yeah i would honestly i would say i echo a lot of marco's Sentiments there, you know, Um, like, yeah, like the reason that they're going with these two people is because they're bankable stars, you know, Game of Thrones is a huge property, it was a huge success for them. And, um, you know, they want to try and replicate that here, you know, and like, uh, I know, we, we were talking about this on uh, social media with a couple friends of the show. And, um, you know, the idea came up. And I believe that I, I think that they, these might be for the Disney streaming service. You know, like uh, I remember yeah. when we talked about it back in the day a couple episodes ago, um, they said that they would have films that were exclusive to the platform, right? Um, so I, I wonder if maybe this is that play uh, and not that we're going to have like two separate or three separate Star Wars theatrical series necessarily. Um, is this where I want Star Wars to go? Not really. I don't, I don't really want um, three Star Wars series at once. I think that's a Wait, lot. Wait, but
0: what, what three series are you talking about? So
3: there's the mainline Star Wars, right? And then, like, after that's done, they said that they're going to the have – trilogy we're in now. Yeah. Well, when that's over, they said that they're going to have that other trilogy that Johnson's going to do then there's this trilogy of films, and then there's the anthology series of films, which we have the Han Solo movie, obviously, which if that does well, you have to imagine they're going to do more. Like, And they they said as much, right? Like, there was supposed to be a Boba Fett movie. They're supposed... And, like, we don't know where those are in development or if they got canned, whatever. But I think if Han Solo is successful, we will see them make either a Boba Fett movie, maybe an Obi-Wan movie, you know? So I think at that point, you're talking about having a lot of Star Wars stuff coming out at once. And I I do think that oversaturation is, like, a real concern, you know? And I think, you know, we talk about that all the time with superheroes and, like, you know, proof's in the pudding that that hasn't exactly happened yet there. But uh, I think Star Wars is a little different because it is, like, one thing, you know? And, like, yeah, the universe is a big, wide place and you can go all over the place. And, like, Rogue One had a totally different vibe than the mainline Star Wars movies, but I don't know that the average viewer sees it that way. And, like, I I wonder if people are going to get sick of Star Wars, especially when you look at Last Jedi and it was divisive. You know, like, we all liked it, but we didn't all love it. And... Uh, I loved it. We, we didn't <laughs> I did not I loved it. Um, right, me and Marco didn't love it. We liked it. So I didn't. Right, you just said you didn't love it or like it like it It at all oh right okay um well there you go so
2: i mean yeah two but two wrong out of opinions out of five is
3: (laughs) good i (laughs) thought we were having a nuanced discussion um (laughs) no so uh yeah carry on that's that's kind of that's kind of where i come down on it like in terms of the future of star wars as far as like the the criticisms like Hashtag not an ad for the video viewers. Phil is uh, flashing logos at the screen. Um
2: and, keep that colon healthy.
3: As far as far as the criticisms being lobbied at at these guys, um you know, I I feel like a lot of that is like kind of a little fluffy. Like the issues of representation in Game of Thrones are like, you know, they granted, I guess they could have changed the races of some of the characters when they adapted it to television, but, like, they didn't write Game of Thrones. So, like, the criticism of, like, oh, they're not, they're not talented because all they've done is adapt something. It's like, that's not a valid criticism in my mind. Like, adaption is a huge thing, you know? Like, it, you can take something from one medium and then make it a masterpiece in another. A lot of the gr- quote-unquote greatest films of all times are adaptions, you know, um, of, of literature. So that's a baseless argument in my mind. In terms of, like, the representation thing, you're right that they could have done something, but that's, like, not on them since this isn't an original work. It's an adaption, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And then as far as the uh, the sexual assault stuff goes in the show, um, that's kind of a 50-50 thing because there is a lot of that in the text. But then they've added a few instances of it, which, like, yeah, like, that's shitty. And... Uh, you know, I I would imagine that that's not going to come to Star Wars, though, right? Like Star Wars is not Game of Thrones.
2: Is this is it? Sorry, not to interrupt, but I isn't this is this the the thing that they're gonna make the R no like Star that, Wars films? Because I've I've also heard I I thought those were two separate things, and it seems like they're coming coming together more so now. Could
5: be
3: true. Um, but still, I don't, I don't think that that is, like, I don't think that, like, sexual assault is a theme of their work. I think it's a theme in Game of Thrones, you know? And, like, they have utilized it in times where it hasn't been used in the books, and people have been super critical of that, and I think that's valid, right? I'm not defending that. Um, I had issues with those episodes as well. But overall, um, you know, Game of Thrones is, like the big kid on the hill, so you're either a fan of it or it's an easy punching bag, right? And, like, these guys are talented, so I'm sure that what... Oh, I'm not sure, but I'm hopeful that whatever project that they take up here in this universe is good and, um, you know, I'll at least give it a shot, you know, like Marco said, because uh, I'm not, like, a diehard Game of Thrones person, but I, I enjoy the show. Fail or kill? I
2: i'm somewhere uh, more so in the middle i think i i th- i think with the proven success of of game of thrones i think i think there is a good case to be made uh for these guys and i, I think in terms of content and content success i think i uh, i don't disagree that it, it is a, a good move like these guys wouldn't be where they are if their content was bad
3: Especially when you consider how how well they made the first season for her, what the budget was at that time.
2: Yeah. Like, I, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I, I don't know. I can't necessarily speak to, uh, you know, sexual assault that was added or, uh, you know, taken from the, the text. The fact that they added it, you know, and that that, that, that is an argument is uh, stressful to me. Um, and I, I don't think there's a place for that in no, Star Wars. I, I don't um, think
0: Disney's going to sign off on anything like that. Right. That's my point.
2: I, that said though, I, in Daredevil, you know, a dude gets his head cut off with a car door. So, <laughs> yeah, but, I don't know, you know. You know,
3: Daredevil's not Star Wars. And I also feel like violence is so much different than sexual assault. Like, I, I know like you definitely are more squeamish about violence. Sexual
2: assault is violence.
3: But I mean like physical violence. You know, like, not sexual is violence. violence. Guys, you know what I mean. Like, I'm like there's there is a difference in the eyes of the general public in terms of what you see on television between blood, gore, murder, that kind of violence versus sexual assault, okay?
2: I think it's just a different type of violence. I don't <laughs> – I mean, like, yeah, like I see what you're saying. That's but, all like, I'm saying, I, though, is
3: I don't, I'm not here to argue whether or not yeah, let's, sexual let's, assault let's, is let's, violence. Let's, I'm saying – Let's, yeah, like you're you're getting away from the point.
2: Go ahead. I don't I don't think there's a a need or a want for an R rated Star Wars. Um I I don't see a reason that should be a thing. Um I mean unless unless you're making a, a Vader movie that is just I mean, him just plowing through like sto- you know, stormtroopers <laughs> and 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 yeah, young ones.
0: (laughs) I'll watch that.
3: I feel like that would work for like you know Boba Fett too, right? Like if they are gonna do a Boba Fett movie, like maybe making it like a grittier thing would be the way to go. But but.
2: see that that I mean that incites a a violence that you know. Whereas with Darth Vader, there's. and i know i'm contradicting myself here but like there's there there is an element of like no no that's bullshit never mind that's that's total bullshit i can't i can't even stand by that um i uh (laughs) (laughs) i like i just don't i don't see it i don't and i don't want it um and then as far as like the you know the uh, different choices uh you know i think I think that's a a, a a great criticism. I think uh I think they could have and should have gone with a uh minority or, or or female, you know, uh direction. Um, you know, Patty Jenkins isn't the only woman director out there. Ryan Coogler, you know, he's busy, but like he might not be here soon. So Man,
3: I want Patty Jenkins to do episode nine instead of J. J. Abrams. That's what I want.
2: That'd be sick. Um, or yeah, uh, let's get a let's get a Taiko Watiti, um, Boba Fett film.
0: Phil, what's your what's your take on all this, man?
3: Master Skywalker, they're everywhere. What are we going to do? How about you answer even one of Sean's questions? (laughs) That would be cool. Pete, he killed younglings. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh man dude i can't Phil's a confirmed set. <laughs>
2: he's a confirmed dick for sure
1: we were trying to
2: restore balance to
1: the force not destroy it in my opinion it is the jedi who are evil hey, quality
2: writing
0: <laughs> no but 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 really though what's, yeah what's okay rate?
2: There's a there's a nuanced message there yeah, that he's trying every, to give us. Every,
0: every
1: layer of what I say is is it's like a it's like an ogre from Shrek. It's just it's filled with layers. It's
2: like a like a parfait. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: um, uh like most Disney things I'm worried about oversaturation. Um after this trilogy of films is done, I I don't really have any interest in seeing Star Wars films, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't really care for the expanded universe. I never have, uh, I, to me, the only Star Wars there is in 40 years of Star Wars is six movies or five movies right now. And that's, uh, the New Hope and all the way through The Last Jedi. Everything else is just, it doesn't exist to me. It's not my radar. So
3: you're saying, you're saying the prequels don't well, exist? They made prequels. <laughs> I even though I have those <laughs> a lot apparently.
5: See <laughs> <laughs> so do
2: you not count do you not count Rogue One? Right, I don't right. think Phil
3: knows how to count is what we're learning from this exercise.
1: Spinning, <laughs> that's a good trick.
3: Um
1: <laughs> Uh as as for the Game of Thrones uh, Game of Thrones guys, it kinda it kind of uh, encaps- encapsulates what I'm like like the, the problem is like these are very marketable uh, popular pop culture nerd creators, let's put them at the helm of the most recognizable IP and culture. And it might be good, honestly. It, and it's not, a, it's not a criticism of quality necessarily, it's just a criticism of oversaturation. Um, like this new Han Solo movie, I have no desire to see that. I don't want to see what Han Solo was like as a kid, even if Ron Howard had hired an acting coach late in the filming of the movie for him. Uh, um, well uh, ultimately like anything else uh, including this Deadpool movie which I uh, wasn't super in- intrigued by it could be good anything could be good um, will it be Revenge of the Sith good nothing can be
0: that's pottery it rhymes <laughs> I like that <laughs> the fuck uh, out of here <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know I mean to me to me like these guys they you know they made Game of Thrones and I think Game of Thrones um like I I love the show I think it's a great show uh I don't think that you can really hold them accountable for some of the problems that people have lobbied against the show because the show is what it it is it is a an accurate representation of the material it pulls from which is the book that has all the stuff that the that the show has that people dislike, and I don't really know that George R. R. Martin gets the same level of criticism that these guys do, uh, for the for the same things that that he that he chose to do. Um, one thing that often gets left out of this narrative that I think is really interesting is that Game of Thrones has the most powerful women I've ever seen on television, uh, in the sense that that the women characters on the show. Started, and this this is what's so interesting to me. They started from a place of weakness in some cases, like Cersei was just Baratheon's wife and she hated her life and whatever. Um, Daenerys started as, you know, just basically a concubine and, you know, was just used as a bargaining chip by her brother. So many different characters who were in these places of weakness. Sansa, who rose up and, like, took ownership and took agency in their lives and now dominate the world of Westeros.
3: Or even so, Arya, uh, Like, you know, her
0: entire narrative. is yeah, everybody. Like, weak, yeah. scared
3: child to, you know, really powerful, dangerous person.
0: Yeah. So, so the point is that there's a, like, yeah, you could make the argument against that. But you could also make the argument for that. And if you watch the show, the narrative is clearly present that they are powerful. And it's not me reading into it in any way. That's what it is. So, you know... I don't really find that to be a valid criticism, especially when you consider that star Wars is different than game of Thrones. Disney will never have ever, ever a rape scene in a star Wars movie. I don't think that either of these creators love rape. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think that of them. And I think that's a weird thing to think of them. Um, you know, do, do they love castration? You know, like, that's a thing that happens on the show. I don't think they love that. I've never heard that
1: sentence before.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> you might
5: you know, do!
1: Well, have you, guys, have you guys seen the update on the story? Apparently they're making a castration of Jaxter Daxter film, who was the bartender from Attack the Clones.
0: Nice try. So... That's the know, update on the story? I... Boy. I just no cell fail. I don't. I don't know. Some of the criticism feels off to me. I think when you talk about the representation in terms of uh, minorities on the show, look, you got to accept some. Some like the way we are down for Black Panther just being all black because it takes place in Africa and Wakanda. This show takes place in a time in a place where they're just created by George. R.R. Martin, there weren't a lot of minorities, you know? And I just wish there were. Rinse. Shut like, up. Can you let
3: anyone finish <laughs> a point? <laughs> it's like getting out of hand this episode, man. <laughs> I
0: I would love it if I would love it if there were there were more, but it wasn't written that way. And they adapted what was written. So that that, that I just don't feel like they're the target for that. Um That being said though. If you're talking about a new a new trilogy and if you're talking about the way that the last Jedi uh, rep- like had so much of that, right? So many women who were powerful, so many minorities, if you're talking about that, why and I'm not necessarily lobbying this criticism. I'm saying that this is a this is a valid critique. How come more people who are diverse aren't behind the creation of the films? To that point, though, I do want to say, them being given this new series does not negate the possibility of that because like pete said there are the anthology movies that they clearly are still invested in we know that an obi-wan movie is going to come at some point so like there's other there are other movies coming out other opportunities for that and i'm hopeful that they will take those opportunities
3: yeah i agree and i think um I think that's an unfortunate criticism to come up with this new story because I feel like this is um, – I, I always find when people like get upset at the announcement of like these, these guys are – right? The Game of Thrones guys are going to do these Star Wars movies and people are like, well, why wasn't it someone else? And it's like, well, I – I feel like they're, like, two separate issues. Like, it's, like, evaluate how you feel about these guys doing this and then also lob the valid criticism of we should have more non-white directors as well. Like, it's fine if they're going to do it if another woman or minority director gets an opportunity somewhere else. But as long as it is we're continuing to just put white guys behind the camera, like, that's how every uh, announcement like this is going to get, you know... Uh, a reaction to right of like you're pushing diversity in Star Wars but like you're not exactly practicing what you're preaching.
0: I also want to point out the that there is an element of <clears throat> falsehood to the criticism because they're not they were not announced to be the directors.
3: Oh yeah, the yeah, they're, that's, that's what they're I was the writers ask.
0: and and okay. producers of the new series. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to direct them. So I to me where I always come down on issues like this is always cool your jets, because we're talking about we're talking about something that's years out. We don't know all the information, and I think there's a way to have the conversation that's not like rooted in falsehood or rooted in like emotions that may not necessarily apply because who knows if these guys are working on a new trilogy that doesn't start until 2020 and the director that they announce is in line with what you want maybe all the criticism that you lobbied before is now invalid you know so like let's see what they do to me but on its face them being the writers and producers i'm all in i love game of thrones i like what they do
3: yeah and then let patty jenkins direct it and it'll be perfect
0: (laughs) We'll see. Uh, so, what do you guys do? You guys have any ideas or thoughts about what they might be working on? So, I remember you brought up thinking that it would be set in the um,
3: the old Republic era. I think that would be really interesting. I've seen that floating around. Like I've seen a lot of people saying that that's what they think is going to happen. And uh, I mean, it would make sense, right? Like we've never gotten a film set in that era of Star Wars, and it's really the other major era, you know, that's been explored. Between there's you know the, um, like. The prequel era, you know, the post-prequel era, and then kind of, like, way, way back in the past, you know, and um, of the original Republic. And, yeah, I mean, we've never gotten a big screen representation of that. I feel like there's a lot of um, untapped material there, right? And uh, why not, right? Like, why not do something that is totally different and and totally new territory rather than... Uh, worrying, you know, that would help with oversaturation, right? Like, granted, it's still Star Wars, but, like, if it is a totally different location with a totally different set of characters and different themes, you know, uh, that that's going to be how you make this work. That's going to be how you sell me on going to see two Star Wars movies a year, you know?
0: To the point of oversaturation, I did want to say that this is – this, you know, this always comes up and you – know, listen – everybody's been talking about it for the last like 15 years that superhero the bubble's gonna pop blah 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 people are gonna get tired of it we're still here we just talked about 10 years of marvel it, it ain't going anywhere and that saturate saturated <laughs> show me the money dude like people are buying tickets left and right the the, the black panther is doing better pre-ticketing sale wise than every other movie that they've done so Prove to me that people are bothered by it and I'll show you I'm information not talking about people. shows they're not. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about <laughs> you, dude. <laughs> like your your opinion is
1: so <laughs> far
3: from <laughs> it's like the, the here's here's Phil's opinion. Take what the popular opinion is and then say something snarky about it.
4: So <laughs> So I'd like to see a, a clone trooper series, uh something to touch upon that, something to build off of. Like that that was one of my favorite yeah. um series the animation the animated clone wars like that that was
5: clone wars. yeah like, that was really really yeah. good
4: stuff and I'd, I'd love to see something like that explored some kind of like side mission some kind of like cool squadron or something or like even in the comics uh is it scar squadron or something like
0: yes. like yes like like
4: something cool like that like I'd, I'd be down for a military style or some kind of off story of just s- s- troopers that'd be cool
3: yeah, I was going to say A that. band
4: of brothers, that'd be sick. Uh, clone trooper, yeah, uh, yeah, that'd, would be like, <laughs> that'd be sick. Like, I'm down for that.
1: What about a Shmi Skywalker movie by Michael Bay? Okay,
0: what about? See, here's the thing, right? With 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 Star Wars, um, the fact that you guys could all point out different kinds of Star Wars movies that they could make proves that there's a lot to mine there in terms of what can be done in that world and i think that that alone shows that they they're not gonna just give us jedi films you know uh rogue one proved that um solo proves that well, i don't do know i wrote,
2: i i voiced this a long time ago when we argued about it uh rogue one should have been a heist film okay but and and to me it ended up being more of an well, off-brand Star My point Wars film. was that it, like, it
0: wasn't a Jedi film. I mean, it, it I wasn't. Guess. like it, it just wasn't. You see Darth Vader cut some people up for like two minutes and then that's it. It wasn't a Jedi movie. It was about something totally different. There are other opportunities for things just like that are very different than that that don't have to involve lightsabers or the Jedi code or any, or the, the war between Jedi and Sith, that can be good. And like, if you didn't like Rogue One, that's okay, but it definitely wasn't just a run-of-the-mill, like Jedi versus Sith movie that they've produced several times. Presumably,
1: the
3: Han Solo movie is also not a Jedi movie, right? Yeah, not at all, right? It's going to be about him, Lando, and Chewie, and a bunch of other mooks we don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, you know, like, to me, there's room there's room to play and that's going to increase the longevity. And that that's all I'm getting at. So, will will one of these two trilogies be that? Is to me that's the question. And I think the answer is no. And then I think your criticism would be super valid because to me, Ryan Johnson's going to talk going to his trilogy's going to work on the future of Star Wars as in whatever takes place after episode 9 10, 11 12, um, right? I mean r- right, like 10 11 12 and then the the game of thrones guys are going to work on the old republic that's in my mind and both of those timelines will likely deal heavily with jedi and sith issues in which case you guys will probably not like that because you'll be you know tired I mean, unless they unless they're really good that's the thing right <laughs> uh well that i mean that's where i always come down is if it's good that's the, it's that's, good see, that's all that matters
2: to me it, to me, it's the it's the it's not the Jedi versus Sith thing. It's the it's the it's couching it in this you know Empire r- rebellion uh, battleground that you know it's just a tug in, tug of war back and forth, and that's like it. We you know at this point we've had forty yeah, years right. of it. Right. I mean that's you know? the setting, I agree with that. and and that's that's the but setting. That's the I'm setting a little of tired of Star
4: Wars.
5: Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have, have to have be. That. That.
0: Right. It's not right. it's not also not quite the setting of the well, it's not quite the setting of the Old Republic, but the Old Republic does feature like the Republic versus, you know, the other. So, I guess I don't know. It, it, there, I think that that the comics have proven and the expanded universes expanded universe books have proven that there are other ways to tell Star Wars stories. Uh it's the question is to your point, Kale... Is whether or not Disney and Lucasfilm are willing to do that. Because the one thing that you can say unilaterally is that every movie that they have produced has been some variation on the same, the same war, essentially because even if solo is about han solo it's still taking place within the confines right. of the battle yeah. that he's yeah. kind of caught in the middle of i guess so you're right
2: yeah the first the first 5 seconds of the trailer it seems it, like it, it, it seems like he's being interviewed by the empire right
3: like yeah and i think um there's this like famous uh, quote from lucas that people bring up a lot when they talk about star wars where he says star wars is like a poem it rhymes and i think that's great in the main series i think um i think as star wars becomes or not becomes broader because i think star wars has always kind of been broad because of the comics and the extended universe stuff but as they start to do that for broader audiences that needs to be less true you know like we need to have things that are that are disconnected from uh the Skywalkers and, and the Empire and the Republic and, you know, just all this stuff that we're so familiar with. And I, and I, I think to Marco's point, in some cases, that's the setting and the setting's the setting, but you could not focus on that conflict. Like that would be a way to switch things up. You know, like it could be set in, yeah, that's, that's the galaxy, right? But there's also a well developed and well explored area, even in the modern comics called the Outer Rim that's not, part of that space that's not under the, uh, you know, the, the boot of the empire, you could easily do like a Star Trek style story of like a group of people who are out there like discovering shit, you know, and like going and seeing new alien worlds or something like that. Like they're the, the world of Star Wars is so much bigger than what we've seen in the movies. And I think if they want to continue to grow Star Wars and have multiple, not only multiple films, but multiple series of the same films in the same universe, that needs to happen. They need to be distinctly different from each other and have a different flavor, or we are going to get sick of them.
5: You,
1: you don't understand Star Wars like I do. I'm George Lucas, and I received $4 billion for the rights to it, and Star Wars has to be like pottery. It has has to rhyme, you know, And and if you don't make it, around the Skywalker conflict then it isn't Star Wars and then you just don't understand it like I do okay
3: uh, you know what so I was gonna say that you I hate your George Lucas because of how much it sounds like Kermit the Frog but then at the end you really got me there you came it came around yeah, that,
4: was, that was That was a good one
2: it really, it it really fucking yeah that's actually <laughs> the one good impression Phil can do
0: so my last point is that I wonder if they did do the things that you guys are talking about would people still accept it that way would people accept star wars if it wasn't what they've been shown on screen for the last 40 years would they allow it to grow uh based on the reception to the last jedi i am going to go with a no yeah and that's where i stand on it
4: yeah um i don't want to see star wars go down the path of like meat and potato superhero comics where you know it, it apes on stuff and then it just resets and it becomes a, a standard and that's it
0: I mean they've basically already done that though
4: yeah yeah, yeah. it's gonna lead, so you it's, don't gonna lead see, me, it's gonna you don't lead me away it like, the it's gonna lead me away eventually
0: I hope they lead you away from this damn show <laughs> <laughs> I wish you were on Elon Musk's fucking car right now in space.
2: Oh man, <laughs> that'd be cool. Oh, easy. Hey, Sean, don't panic. So don't panic is a, it's a reference to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, Elon Musk put it on the, uh, on the
0: oh uh, yeah the like iPad that.
2: in his car or whatever.
0: That's good. Very, very good. All right. So that's going to do it for our conversation here about uh, the future of Star Wars. Uh, I would say that for now anyway, the future is looking bright. Um, But it remains to be seen what takes place within the next few years, and um, especially how the current trilogy ends. Uh, So let us know what you'd like to see Star Wars do next, whether you're excited for the Game of Thrones television show creators taking over uh, a new series, and what you'd like to see that series be about. Uh, And you you can talk to us about that or anything else that we've talked about on the show by reaching out to us on Apple Podcast Services um fuck <laughs> and soundcloud and every other podcast hosting service that's out uh you can get us at the comics pals wherever your social media is sold uh, you can write to us at the comics at gmail.com um and then of course last but not least we are on youtube um, where you can like the video share it with your friends and subscribe to our channel for more awesome content including as i said the new list video our first take add a list video which is gonna drop this week um so stay tuned for that again it's about the top five couples in comics let us know if you agree with the list or hate it vehemently in which in which case i will cry um probably not because i don't have emotions so uh with that let's do some plugs pete
3: Cool. Uh, Thanks for joining us here again another episode of the Comics Pals. Uh, Remember, you can catch me and Sean on our uh, sister show, The Video Game Pals, uh, which posts the day after this show um, and Monday through Thursday now on YouTube because that's a thing we do. So you can go watch the cutouts um, and then get the entire show on Friday as long as it exports on time. (laughs) Uh, You can also catch me with Kale and Marco over on our Riverdale Review show, aptly named the Riverdale Review, every Wednesday. Uh, This one was a doozy. We had a great time on this episode, so I think you definitely want to tune in if you're a fan of Riverdale. Check it out. And uh, if you want to get some more content from me, you can check out my writing over at cbr.com. I've got uh, three articles still making me money. I've got my Carnage one that's up. I've got that one about uh, weird celebrity complaints about superhero movies. And I've got another one coming out this week about uh, weird things you didn't know about the Hulk's body. So go check that out and uh, help me pay the rent. And um, yeah, then you can just... Oh, God. Yeah. That's probably the size of his wiener, Phil. Um, <laughs> so then uh, you can get me at on social media at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram and come talk to me about uh, whatever. Sweet. Kill. I want to see Finn and Poe consensually. <laughs> fuck.
2: Uh, you can. Uh, oh, hi, Tumblr. <laughs> Listen, that's a ship that will not die. Um, you can find me at TotoInto on Twitter and Instagram. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. Uh, please go pick up uh, The Secret Love of Geeks. Uh, Hope Nicholson's uh, new anthology coming out from Dark Horse. Uh, Letty Wilson is in it, along with amazing top-tier uh, writers and artists. Um, it's going to be amazing. Uh, I would also like to plug uh, the podcast Ear Meat. With uh, my friends Nathan and Faye. They just finished their series on um, Austin Powers and it
3: doesn't end <laughs> the way you think. Interesting. Oh, really? Bye bye. Uh, Kale, do they shag on the air? That's my question. Yes. Okay, great. Austin if by shag. shag you mean eat toast,
4: hmm. Marco? <laughs> uh, you can find me at Mr. Marco Animoto on Instagram and Twitter. A quick shout out to Philip Seve. Uh I got his no not philip casey philip Sevy. i got his book the house uh i backed it on kickstarter so i finally got it so shout out and congrats to that and um yeah uh, that's it lots of love to my uh, cat hold on here we go it's my little cat
3: oh my god
4: yeah he's got a little he's got a little sunflower in his all right.
3: Mad world.
1: Uh, Phil. Uh, if you like hearing me interrupt Sean when he's trying to make a real point, hit me up on Twitch at uh, White Castle Longhorn.
3: He's a monster. Phil made a Twitch account so he can troll me when I stream. Specifically. <laughs> yeah. And I was accused,
4: listeners. Okay, I was upset about that. Uh, Phil, did you um
0: did you give your plug? I tuned out.
1: <laughs> I uh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so
5: you're up. All
0: right. Sweet. Uh, I am on Twitter only at Sean Soapbox. Let's chat about anything. Let's chat about Jean Grey because she's back and I like it. And with that, we're the Comics pile signing off. Take care, guys. <laughs> See you next week. Go hockey, hosers! <laughs>